It working? It's not working? Yeah, I was walking down the steps after baptismal, after the baptism, and I caught the cord of my mic on that handrail that we have back there and ripped it off. So are we not working at all here? No? Here? All right, this one. Y'all give me a minute. We get real preaching when I get this mic. <clears throat> Good morning. I'm sorry for that. Um, as I was saying, I was coming down the the uh, this or up this down the steps back there and caught the cord on the the handrail and just like it exploded. Everything hit the floor. I'm sorry. I break things around here all the time. I'm used to wearing that with a coat on. Um, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in the book of First Corinthians, chapter fifteen. We've gathered today for one purpose: that is to celebrate our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. This morning, I'm so grateful that you're here with us on Monday mornings when we gather in our staff meeting. We always ask the question, um, "How did we sing?" And when we ask, "How did we sing?" Our, our question is not primarily how did our praise team per- perform or how did our choir sound, but how did we sing? How did the congregation sing? And can I tell you this morning that as I stood down here with you all, uh, such a blessing and a privilege to sing praises to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ with you. Uh, such a wonderful uh, opportunity that we've had. All right, hopefully by now you've made it to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm going to read verses 1 through 5, and then we're going to jump down to verses 12 through 20. So stand with me, if you would, in honor of God's Word. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the Word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas and then to the Twelve, and then appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. And then to verse 12. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, if it is true that the dead are not raised. For the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Then those who also have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If we, if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Pray with me. Father God in heaven, I pray that as we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, that Lord God, we would glory in that. We would leave here today more convinced than ever of the power of the resurrection in our lives and the power of the resurrection for salvation for all who will believe in Jesus. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Do you have hope? Do you have hope? Uh, some, some statistics and studies suggest to us that the greatest health crisis looming in the United States of America is, is not obesity. It's, it's not smoking. 
the greatest health crisis looming in the United States of America is loneliness. Loneliness. Um, lo- loneliness, uh, chronic loneliness is as bad on the body as something like smoking a pack of cigarettes a day. Loneliness is detrimental because loneliness brings with it a, a sense of hopelessness, a sense of loss, a, a sense of, 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 of an idea that we just can't get out of where we are. We can't move on. Do, do you have hope? Folks, I want you to know this morning that Jesus offers us hope. Jesus offers us hope because Jesus rose from the dead. Folks, unless Easter happened, unless the resurrection is true, there is no Christianity. There have been some who suggested that the resurrection doesn't matter. I want you to know that if there is a body of Jesus laying in a tomb somewhere in Palestine today, I am not where I should be. I'm wasting my time and I'm wasting my breath. But if Jesus did rise from the dead, as the Bible says, and as I believe from the bottom of my heart, then my breath is not wasted. For if Jesus did indeed rise from the dead, then what I say to you this morning is the most important truth in all the world. What I have to say to you this morning matters more than anything else that you've heard today. It matters more than anything else that you've ever believed. Because if Jesus did rise from the dead, then he is the hope for the world, for salvation, for all who would believe. If Jesus did rise from the dead, then there is salvation in no other name save for the name of Jesus Christ. This morning, I want you to have hope. I don't want you to leave here hopeless. I don't want you to leave here defeated. I don't want you to leave here sad and frustrated and put out. I want you to leave here built up with a firm confidence that in Jesus Christ, you can have hope not only for today, not only for tomorrow, but hope for all of eternity. Jesus offers you hope for today. See, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus gives you hope right now. Do you struggle? Has your life been hard? If it has, I want you to know that yours isn't the only one. Many people here show up here today with hard things. In his life on earth, Jesus regularly met people in hard places and offered them hope and healing. See, Jesus' earthly ministry was characterized by preaching, teaching, and miraculous healings, but it was also characterized... By cavorting with outcasts and eating with lepers. Jesus was popular with everybody except for the somebody. You know what I mean? Jesus tended to find himself caught up with the wrong crowd on a regular basis. And he tended to find himself caught up with the wrong crowd on a regular basis because Jesus fit in pretty well with the wrong crowd. Jesus was less concerned with what other people had to say about him than whether or not people knew him. See, Jesus is hope for you and for me. Are you here today at your wit's end? Did you show up on Easter Sunday just hoping that perhaps maybe there might be more to life than you've been experiencing? Maybe you're here today and and, and you walk through the doors, you shuffle through the doors, maybe you drug through the doors. Maybe you drug your children through that door. Maybe some of you are here just to satisfy your mama, but maybe deep down somewhere there's within you this hope that maybe, just maybe, There's more to life than what you've been experiencing. Folks, I want you to know that Jesus is the hope that you need right now. He's hope for today, but he's hope for today only if he's all that he claimed to be. See, Jesus urged, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. You know that Jesus offers you hope right now. He wasn't just talk. Just a few weeks ago, we looked in the book of Mark at how Jesus welcomed children into his inner circle. Children. The rich and the powerful were were pushed to the outside. The rich and the powerful, uh, Jesus said, we're going to need a miracle just to get there. But for children, Jesus got down on his knee and he said, bring them to me. 
These children are welcome in my presence. Folks, Jesus is not concerned with how much you can do for him. Jesus is most concerned only with what he has done for you. And folks, what he's done for you matters for eternity and it matters for tomorrow, but it matters for today. Listen, Jesus reserved his blessing for the poor and for the meek and for the mourning. In Matthew chapter 5, Jesus said, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Some of these things don't sound a whole lot like the American dream. Some of these things sound a whole lot like the American failure. But I'm here to tell you that whether you've won or lost, that Jesus is the king that you need. Jesus rose on a Sunday morning nearly 2,000 years ago so that you might have hope. Listen, I, I, I'm, I'm the pastor, so I'm here all the time. Like, I'm literally here all the time. I'm, I think I've been here every day this week. I, I don't remember sure if I was here yesterday. I mean, some, sometimes I'm here like 28 days out of 30 in a month. That's just kind of the way it works. You know, I work here Monday through Thursday, and then I end up back here on Fridays. Of course, I'm always here on Sundays, and then somebody will inevitably want me to show up for something on Saturday, whatever it might be. I just, I, like, this is just me. I'm just here. All the time. But I, I recognize that for some of you, church is not a part of your regular rhythm and a regular pattern. I, I know that sometimes you're, you're not in the church on a regular basis, not because you don't like the church or not because you're angry. Sometimes the church doesn't even beat you up. Sometimes life just beats you down. Sometimes it's, it's hard to come back to church. Since the loss of your mother or your father, your, your son, you, you just can't seem to move on because your heart just hurts too much. Sometimes it's difficult to show up at a place where they're talking so much about hope and the only thing that you can think of is despair. But Jesus offers blessing to all of you who mourn and are weary and heavy laden. Was it hard for you to walk into the doors of this church today? Like I say, was it hard? Was it hard because life is just hard and in some strange way, I know for some of you the church just seems to be the bandage that gets ripped off of a wound that refuses to heal. Folks, I want you to know that Jesus is the great physician. That no matter what your pain is, He's the great physician who came to give you hope for today. Hope for today. Now we've sang about tomorrow and we've sang about eternity, but I want you to go all the way back to that very first Easter Sunday. That very first Easter Sunday, the Bible tells us that Mary Magdalene was standing by the tomb. The Bible says that Mary was standing there and the stone was rolled away and Mary was weeping. Weeping. Now, weeping, that's one of those Bible words that means she was crying a whole lot. Those alligator tears, right? The kind of cries that you could hear, not just the kind of cries that you could see, the cries that you could hear. <laughs> and the Bible says that she heard somebody say, Woman, what's wrong with you? This is the Craig version. And she said, They've taken my Savior, and I don't know where in the world they've laid him. Turns out what she didn't know was the whole time she was talking to Jesus. Mary's crying so hard, she ain't even looked up. She doesn't have time for whoever's talking. Mary's focused on what she doesn't have. Do you recognize that? See, Mary's focused on the hurt, and she's missing, the whole time she's focused on the hurt, she's missing the opportunity to be healed. So there she is, weeping, crying. Woman, why are you crying? Oh, I can't find my Savior. She weeps, and Jesus says... Look around. Jesus says, Mary. 
And when she heard her name, she knew. You ever get a call from that person, you just hear their name and you know? Right? When they call you by name, you know. There are some people, they call my name. My mama calls my name. I'm scared to death because I don't know what in the world I've done. I'm 38 years old, and if she calls my whole name, I still just melt right there on the spot because I'm afraid I'm going to die. Jesus said, Mary, and in that place she said, Lord, Rabboni, teacher. Folks, do you know that Jesus didn't say, Mary, I'm going to help you out sometime later. Jesus offered Mary hope today, right there on Easter Sunday, as she wept and as she cried and as she mourned. There was hope for her right there. And folks, I want you to know. I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, I want you to know from this word right here that there's hope for you, not just hope for tomorrow, not just hope for eternity. There's hope for you today. It doesn't matter what you walked in here with. Jesus sees your hurt. Folks, will you take your eyes off your hurt and put your eyes on the Savior of the empty tomb? Would you turn away from the tomb and look to the Savior and find hope for today? Can you hear the voice of Jesus calling? It wasn't just to Mary. He spoke to a dying thief on the cross. He didn't say one day you'll be. He said today because Jesus offers us hope right now. Folks, on Easter Sunday... Of all days, please be reminded that you can have hope and you can have it today. It doesn't matter what you walked in here with. It doesn't matter the baggage that came. It doesn't matter the hurt that you brought. Jesus can give you hope right now. Would you turn to Christ? It's not just for today, though. Jesus gives you hope for tomorrow. Hope for tomorrow. See, Jesus doesn't just give you 10 bucks to buy a coffee and a sandwich and leave you. Like That's, that's a good guy, right? Hey, I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. Here's 10 bucks. Go get something. Thanks. Jesus doesn't just give it to you and leave you. Jesus comes and sits with you. And he walks with you and he takes you by the hand. Jesus gives you hope for tomorrow. The Bible tells us that... The Bible tells us that Peter... Peter created all sorts of problems for himself. The Bible says that Peter, on the night when Jesus was crucified, betrayed our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, Jesus had prophesied this was going to happen. Peter's so arrogant. Peter's like Craig Thompson. He knows everything, all right? And he's just like some of y'all. Don't judge me. Just look in the mirror. You know what I'm talking about. And Jesus says, Peter, you will. Nah, Jesus, everybody else might, but I, if I, I'll go to the death with you. Jesus says, before the rooster crows, you will deny me. Of course, we know the story. Peter's hanging out. Peter looks like he's pretty, pretty brave for all the rest of them left, and Peter's Peter's hanging back. He's following along a little close. Not close enough to the action. Pe- <laughs> Let me tell you what Peter's like. Peter's like some of my family members. Listen, y'all smile. It's Easter. It's Easter. So here's what Peter, have you ever known these people? Distant family members. Nobody that's even here with us. <laughs> Peter, don't even, don't. Just hush. So Peter likes to hang back. You ever had those family members? They hang back. At a restaurant, yeah, you know the one I'm talking about. They just sit at the table, and when you get up to go pay, they just, oh, 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 I was going to, I was going to pay for that. Well, that's funny, you waited 27 minutes before you even got up and offered, right? They, they hang back just far enough, they don't have to pay the bill. They're, they're there, but they don't plan to pay. Gee, gee, Peter's kind of like that. See, Peter's hanging back just far enough that he doesn't actually have to pay the bill. Peter wanted to be there, but Peter didn't want to pay. Somebody looks and says, Peter, it's actually a little girl. See, they look at him, they go, hey, you talk like one of those Galileans. 
Oh, I've seen you with him. Yeah. Yeah, we know who you are, Peter. No, 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 that ain't me. Mm-mm. No, I, I, no, no, uh-uh, I'm back here. Oh, no, we've seen you. No, no. The third time, oh, absolutely, says a little girl. And G, the Bible says that Peter invoked a curse on himself. Again, we G-rate the Bible. Okay? Except the Bible gives us a real picture of Peter. Like, Peter didn't go, oh, curses. Blast it all. I don't know him. The Bible tells us that he invoked a curse. Peter, Peter's cussing at this point. I'll be whatever I, I need to be. Send me to hell. I'll be damned. Whatever it might be, I do not know him. You can do with me what you will, but don't say that. The Bible says he invoked a curse on himself and probably cursed even more. The fisherman's salty language began to come out in that place. The Bible says that Peter heard the rooster crow and realized what he had done. And then he really manned up, tucked his tail between his legs and ran away and cried, wept bitterly. That weeping thing again, right? Mary wept because she couldn't find Jesus. Peter wept because he had denied Jesus. Same loud crying in a corner somewhere. <laughs> Bible says that Jesus went through a mock trial, that he was tortured, that on Good Friday he died. And Peter carried that around in the back of his mind all Thursday night, all day Friday, all day Saturday. Then Peter saw an empty tomb and he knew on Sunday that the Savior that he had denied had overcome death, hell, and the grave. But if we continue to read the story, we, we find that Jesus wasn't done with Peter. Now, Peter didn't know that. Any of you ever thought Jesus couldn't possibly use you? Any of you, anybody ever you thought there was no way that you could have a tomorrow that would be worth anything that Jesus could do something with? The Bible says that before long, Peter had pretty much forgotten about everything, and Peter got in a boat and went fishing. Now listen, when we see Peter fishing, here's what we got to understand. Peter's going back to what he knew. Peter's walked away from the Jesus that he met. And he's going back to what was comfortable. Peter's run back to his safety net. And he's gone fishing. The Bible says that while they're out there fishing, that Jesus appeared to them on the seashore there by the side, the Sea of Tiberias. Long story short, Peter and a group of disciples are there. Jesus meets them. Maybe Peter figured at this point that he was done discipling. He had blown his chance. This very same Peter. Why do we call him Peter? Do you remember? Because Jesus gave him that nickname. You are Petros. You are the rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church. The rock is out there fishing, and he's not serving as the foundation stone for the church. The rock is sinking to the bottom. He's an anchor for the movement that Jesus is trying to establish. The Bible says that Jesus gets Peter on the seashore and he eats some fish with him. How about that? How about Jesus looks at all these that left him to die, even at the one who cussed him and walked away, and he says, come on, let's have some fish together. Folks, when's the last time you invited somebody to your house who sold you out? Jesus cooks for them, and he sits with them, and he looks at Peter, and he says, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, oh, Lord, you know I do. 
Peter, do you love me? Oh, Lord, you know that I do. Peter, do you love me? You know, Lord. He says, feed my sheep, Peter. Do you know what Jesus gave to Peter on that day on the seashore beside the Sea of Tiberias? He gave him a tomorrow. You see, Peter up to that point had thought he'd lost everything. There was no hope for him. How could he possibly do anything in the kingdom of God? And Jesus looks at Peter and says, you're still the rock. Did you see what he called him? Like if it had been back in the day, like I mean, like they probably wouldn't have, but you kind of want to think that Jesus calls him Peter and he could have just kind of had a drop the mic moment, dropped it and walked off. Why? Because he called him Peter again. Do you understand? He didn't call him Cephas. He didn't call him Simon. He said, Peter, Peter, rock, do you love me? I'm not finished with you. Folks, do you know that Jesus isn't finished with you? Do you need a new tomorrow? Have you messed up? Have you wrecked your relationships? Have you wrecked your marriage? Have you wrecked your job? Have you wrecked your life? Peter messed up, but after Jesus came out of the grave, Peter found that Jesus offered him a hope for tomorrow. You ready? Peter didn't have to be defined by one failure or even a lifetime of failures. His tomorrow was in Jesus' hands. And you don't have to be defined by what you did yesterday or last year. You can be defined by what Jesus did for you on the cross of Calvary 2,000 years ago. What happened yesterday? What did you do last week? Who have you hurt? How have you hurt yourself? Oh, don't buy Satan's lie. You don't even know what you will do tomorrow according to the book of James. Rather than make plans in stone, James says tomorrow is in God's hands. You can be different. You can change. Why? Because Jesus rose from the grave. You see, Jesus had a tomorrow that the world knew nothing about and he can give you one, two. You can have hope for tomorrow because Jesus rose from the grave. Folks, Saturday must have been the darkest, bleakest, worst day in human history. But Sunday was coming. Without the resurrection, your faith is futile, is powerless. That's what Paul says right here in 1 Corinthians. He says, if we don't have the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, then what in the world do we have? If we can't hope in the resurrection, he says, then our faith is pointless. We, above all people, are to be pitied. But... If he did rise from the dead, there is power. Jesus rose from the grave. And he gave you an opportunity to have a strong hope and a strong, powerful faith because Jesus is strong and powerful. Jesus can give you hope for today. Jesus can give you hope for tomorrow. And finally this morning, I want you to know that Jesus can give you hope for all of eternity. Paul says, if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection from the dead? We started off the sermon right here. Folks, without a resurrection from the dead, there is nothing. I want you to hear me say, if they can prove for me one day that Jesus didn't rise from the dead, then I am not a Christian. Do you hear me? There's nothing that Jesus has to offer me if he didn't overcome death, hell, and the grave. Because if the grave could hold him, then he's not the God that I serve. Folks, if he didn't rise from the grave, then he's nothing but a liar. And all the people that have written after him and worshipped him and followed him, they're either deluded or they're liars too. Folks, I don't follow liars, but I'll follow the Lord of the universe all day long. 
And he offers you hope for today. And he offers you hope for tomorrow. And he offers you hope for all of eternity. Paul says if in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people to be most pitied. Let's just be honest here. The reason that Jesus bled and rose from the, bled and died and rose from the dead, the largest reason was not so that we could be healthy and happy and, and, and whole today. The largest reason wasn't so you could be healthy and happy and whole tomorrow. Jesus didn't rise from the dead so that the ecological crisis could be fixed. Jesus didn't rise from the dead so that we could have political action. Jesus rose from the dead so that you and I might have hope for all of eternity. Jesus rose from the dead to rescue us from the clutches of sin and the power of Satan. Jesus rose from the dead. He died on the cross and rose from the dead to undo the power of that old serpent that deluded Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. All those years ago, he is the fulfillment of God's promise. That there would come one who would crush the serpent's head. He's undone the curse of sin. And though we were in bondage, we need not be. Why? Because he gives you hope for today and hope for tomorrow and a hope that is ultimately rooted in the hope for all of eternity. See, the hope of forgiveness and salvation doesn't guarantee an immediate rescue in this life, but the day is coming when all who are in Christ will be made whole. Now for Paul and the other apostles that he mentions right here, understand. As he talks about the hope that he had in Jesus, his tomorrows weren't always fantastic. His yesterdays were sometimes pretty bad, and he didn't know what today was going to hold. But he knew what was, was going to be in store for him in eternity. Do you understand? Do you see that? We can have hope for today and hope for tomorrow, ultimately because our hope for today and hope for tomorrow is rooted in our absolute confidence that all things work together for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose because we will one day be taken home to be with him in paradise. If in this life only we have hope, we are to be pitied. Why? Because this life cannot compare with the life to come. Ultimately, the hope of Easter, the hope for you, is the hope for eternal life in Christ. Can I say that again? Ultimately, the hope of Easter, the hope for you, is the hope of eternal life in Christ. I was at um, Walgreens last night, and I wasn't, I wasn't um, there to buy Easter gifts because we had... Okay, I was there for that. Um <laughs> 20 minutes before they closed, but who cares? Um, we got it done. That's all that matters. And uh, there I was standing in line, and the guy at the cash register uh, was taking forever. And he was taking forever because he was doing his job well. He was doing his job well because he was digging out coupons for everybody that came through the line. And he was talking to everybody, and he was asking them about their day. And I didn't have time for all that last night at 945 but he said to one woman, about three or four people in front of me, he said, do you have Easter plans for tomorrow? And she said, yeah, you know, we're we going to go eat at Mama's and we're going to, you know, get all dressed up and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And of course, we'll, we'll go to church because, you know, what's Easter without church? And then we'll squeeze the Easter bunny in there somewhere, whatever, never mind. But I just thought, man. And we'll go to church, because what's Easter without church? Oh, mercy. What's church without Easter? You hear me? What's church without Easter? What's life without Easter? We worship on Sundays. Some people ask me this a lot. Why do we worship on Sundays? The Jews worshiped on the Sabbath. Why do we worship on Sunday? We worship on Sunday because, folks, we celebrate Easter every Sunday. Do you, reckon, do you realize that? Since, since early on, Christians have worshipped on Sundays because it was the day that the Lord rose from the dead. 
We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus every single Sunday. It's okay. It's right and proper for us to have a special day set aside where we honor that resurrection, where we glory that resurrection. We, we, bring, we bring attention to the resurrection. But don't miss this. Every Sunday that we gather in this place, we gather with the intent purpose of celebrating the resurrection of Lord Jesus Christ. What's Easter without Sunday? What's Sunday without Easter? It's nothing but another day of the week. But, but if Jesus did rise from the dead, then everything is changed. The hope of the resurrection, the hope for you and the hope for me is eternal life in Christ. Folks, He offers you hope for today and He offers you hope for tomorrow, but don't miss this. He offers you hope for all of eternity. This is what's pretty awesome about recognizing the hope we have for eternity. There are sometimes when we look around and we, we can't see there'd be any way out of the mess that we found ourselves in. We have some of our folks that are pretty involved in prison ministry. And those folks that come to Christ inside the walls of a prison, listen, some of them are serving a life sentence and they don't see any hope for their tomorrow. They don't have a whole lot of hope for today. They're, they're hoping for the day when mortality takes on immortality. They're hoping for the day when they close their eyes on this side of eternity and Jesus takes them home. Folks, even if you can't see the possibility that there might be hope for your today or hope for your tomorrow, I want you to hear me say, there's hope for you for eternity because Jesus Christ died that you might live. Jesus died so that you might live. Easter Sunday turned deadly in Sri Lanka this morning. Easter worshipers were targeted by bombs as they gathered to celebrate the risen Lord. On this day, many in Sri Lanka met their Lord face to face. They closed their eyes on this side of heaven and they opened them in the presence of the King. The sad thing is that because it was Easter Sunday, there were probably many people gathered there who didn't have a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. They gathered for Easter because it was Easter. Folks, Christianity is an other world world religion we we hope not only in this life but in the life to come if in this life only we have hope we are of all people to be pitied if it if it if only in this life believers in sri lanka had hope then where is their hope but it's not only in this life we long for a new land a land where angels have trod we hope in a distant land one where christ is sure to take us we hope in christ alone do you have hope If terrorists entered our worship center this morning, could you face them with confidence knowing that though they may destroy your body, they cannot take your soul? Can you face death with confidence knowing that you are secure in Christ? Jesus died to give you life everlasting. This is the hope of the gospel. But what is this gospel? Paul spells it out in the verses that I read to you just a few moments ago. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. What is the gospel? That Christ died for our sins, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day. The gospel is this. We all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory. And as a result of our sin, we deserve eternal punishment in a very real place called hell. But the hope that we have is a hope that is found in Christ, who gave His life on Calvary's cross. He died for our sins. 
so that we might have hope for today and hope for tomorrow and hope for all of eternity. And he rose from the grave because death couldn't hold him. The grave couldn't keep him. And hell had no claim over him. And he stands victorious as the king of the universe. And he says to you today, would you come? Would you come and have hope? Would you come and find hope for today? Would you come and have hope for tomorrow? And if you can't even fathom that there's a possibility that there could be hope in your life for today or tomorrow, could you come today and say, Lord Jesus, I don't know what I can get, but Lord, would you give me hope for eternity? Lord God, I've messed it all up. Lord, I'm hurt, I'm broken, I'm tired. Lord God, I just want to go home. Lord God, would you just come to me? There's never been one who called on Christ that didn't find him. There's never been one who sought the Lord who didn't find him. He stands ready today to take you to be with him. Would you come today and receive hope? Would you? Would you not allow the fact that maybe this isn't your normal place of worship to keep you from responding to the Lord? Would you not worry about the eyeballs that might fall upon you and would you respond to the Lord? Would you not let it affect you or enter into your mind that perhaps you've not been in a church in a while? Would you just respond to the Lord? Would you not worry about what happened yesterday or last week or last year? Would you respond to the Lord? Would you, like Mary, take your eyes off the pain of today and cast your eyes upon Jesus and find hope? Would you, like Peter, sit with the Lord and discover that he's not finished? Would you come today and receive Jesus, He will not turn you away. He will take what is broken in your life and make it whole. He will take what is partial and make it full. He will take what is dead and make it alive. He is the King. Would you come today? Stand with me as we pray. Father God in heaven, we give you praise and glory and honor for you alone are worthy. And Father, we come to you proclaiming that there is no way save for the way of Jesus. Lord, you've prepared a way for us that we might be saved. You've given us hope for today and hope for tomorrow. And ultimately, Lord God, you've given us hope for all of eternity. And in you, we find our trust and hope. God, would you work this morning? Would you draw people unto yourself, Father? Lord God, would you work in such a way that we would be able to not worry about all the other things and cast our eyes to Calvary where Jesus bled and died for me? Lord God, as we turn our attention toward praising you and worshiping you in just a moment, Father God, would you turn your attention towards us? Would you move in the power of your Holy Spirit? Would you convict of sin? Draw sinners unto yourself, Lord God. Heal the broken. Comfort the hurting. Save the lost. In Jesus' name, amen. Sing with us.